Hi, my name is Catherine Mahoney, and I'm passionate about intuition, business, and living your best life, and helping you navigate the ups and downs of the wild ride we call life. I'm an entrepreneur, intuitive advisor dedicated to guiding others to success, winning national awards in business and leadership, and featured in MSNBC, USA Today, and the Business Journal, just to name a few, speaking to audiences just like yourself. I teach successful business leaders in honing their intuition, creating certainty, and taking aligned action. I'll give you a straight talk with humor. Business, intuition, and mindset are just a few of the topics we discuss discuss here. Be ready for fun, insightful journey with me. Reveal hidden secrets, be challenged and inspired. This is the Clearly Catherine podcast. Hey friends, I just want to tell you about a sponsor I have. It's Anchor.fm. It's a podcasting hosting and it's free. It's so cool. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. In fact, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. You can make money from your podcast day one. I mean, right when you start. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one cool, easy, simple place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started on your first podcast. Hi, and welcome to episode nine. We're going to talk about the ask. Do you ask for help enough? And what does that look like? Or do you ask the right questions? So let's get started. You know, when I used to go speak around the country on topics of leadership and mentoring and policy, different topics on business, I used to do an exercise in the group would have everyone split up between A and B. And the A person would have to put their arm out, close their hand into a fist. And the B person would then have to ask them to open their hand. So this is what I want you to do in your mind at the moment. You are the B person. You are supposed to get the other person, A, to open their hand for you. Imagine what you would do. Now here's my experience of watching the audience and see if this is what you're proposing you would do. First, I see them trying to pull their thumb open and then maybe trying to get the fingers to move open. And then this becomes this sort of physical battle that begins. You have the person holding their hand so tight and then you, the B person, trying to open it up. And you watch this after a while I wait and see, and eventually someone will give up, and I'll say, has anyone got the hand open? Every once in a while, I'll see a couple of strong people who had forced the other person's hand open, and I will ask, how did you go about doing that? Rarely, but every once in a while, someone will say, I politely asked, do you mind opening your hand for me? And the other person did. Now, when I gave the directions, I never said you had to force their hand open. I just said, see if you can get them to open their hand. It's interesting to me how often no one asks. They forcefully open their hand. Now, I'm sure there's a bigger societal commentary on that. I'm sure there's a sociology explanation on that and maybe a psychology explanation of that. But that's not the path we're going to go down right now. What we are going to go down is the path of asking a question. Why didn't anyone else ask but one person in the room of 100 or more? It's always been interesting to me that we immediately go to forcing the other person's hand open. Now, why is this? Well, let's look at maybe from a sales perspective. Do you ask or do you try to shove so much information in their face 
or prove that you can do it, that you never allow the question to be asked or you never even ask at all. Now, why don't you ask? I think that's the question we should be thinking about. Why don't you ask? And are you also a person who doesn't ask for help or recognize when you do need to ask for help? So as you can see, there's a lot in this, not just did you ask someone to open their hand, but there's a lot about how are we dealing with our lives? How are we dealing with other people? And how are we presenting ourselves to the world and to ourselves? So let me tell you another example about asking. You know, they always say that generically men aren't very good at asking for directions or in general, people don't like to ask for directions. I know I don't. Well, I was delivering a sailboat down the Atlantic. It was around hurricane season. So we had to at one point go down the inner waterways and to go from the coastline into the inland waterways, the route that we took was not very obvious. There were a lot of large ships like battleships and cruise ships. It was an area that they all docked. And you had to navigate through all of that. It was raining. It was gloomy. It wasn't the clearest day ever. And we were in the sailboat and we had the covers on. So we had the big plastic covers, which are also a little bit harder to see through. And this sailboat goes by us and goes around, does a U-turn, goes back around and then comes up not right next to us, but boat distance next to us. If you don't do boats, it was probably at least a good 50 to 75 feet away. A man steps out in rain gear and waves over at us. Have my rain gear on and step out, wave. He's able to yell, where's your captain? So I point, it's a good looking blonde chick. She was at the helm and I pointed to her and he looks at me funny, goes back in and he has a little conversation with the guy with him. I'm still standing out in the rain. Comes back out and he says, where's your male captain? It's the only captain I got, I said. I pointed back to her. And he goes back in and talks a bit with the guy. I lean in and they go, what is going on? I said, I don't know. This guy wants to talk to the male captain. So we all kind of laugh about it and said, oh, there he is again. So he steps out again. I step out in the rain and he says, um... We're lost. It's like, okay. (laughs) Now, I don't know if you boat or not, but they're actually special maps for boating called charts. And it's just like a roadmap. It gives you very specific directions. But then again, being kind, this was a very difficult area to navigate. It wasn't very obvious on how to get in. So we'll get past that at this moment. So I said, okay. And kind of looked and put my arms up. He says, do you know how to get to the inland waterways. And I said, yes, you can just follow us. He's like, okay. He begins to follow us. Now I've been boating half my life in ocean water. So I've had a lot of experiences of coming across other captains, other boats, different situations. I can tell you, I have never in my life had a boat pull up next to me and ask for directions. It was the strangest thing I'd ever seen. But a hurricane's coming in. The rains have started. It's not like this guy could go anywhere else. 
there wasn't really docks made for ships because I don't know if you understand how docks work, but a sailboat needs the docks that float right on the water. Cruise ships don't have that. They're very, very high. You can't dock a sailboat there. I mean, you could for short term next to a ladder if you can find one, but you can't do that during a storm or anything. So they had to get some sort of help because we're talking about this point edging on a safety concern for them. So they were kind of (laughs) stuck. They had to ask a boat full of chicks. They didn't seem very confident or happy about it, but that was the best they could do. And they asked. Now, they couldn't be in the position really of forcing our hand open like the earlier exercise, could they? I mean, I guess they could act like a pirate ship and try to board us and by forcing us to give them the information. But in that situation, not very realistic, too many witnesses and not necessary. So they asked. There wasn't a lot of hemming and hawing. There was a little bit for entertainment's sake on our side, but really their first inclination was to ask. How often are you doing that? Do you have to be in a situation like this other sailboat with these nice gentlemen who asked politely where you're in duress, where you have to ask for help, where you have no choice? Or have you created a habit or a way of being where your first inclination is to ask? So let's look at this one more time. We have the first example that I talked about where We had a hand to open and majority, I'm talking about a high majority, often it was only one person in a room out of a hundred or more that would politely ask. Everyone else forced the hand open. And this was in a calm setting. I didn't offer a prize. I didn't have a gun to their head. This was just a fun, friendly exercise. And their first inclination was to force someone to open their hand. Now we have the gentleman on the sailboat who are under duress, seeking safety. Now there wasn't a lot of fear or emergency in this, but we did have maybe 24 hours to find our way in. Definitely didn't want to turn back out and go to the ocean, that's for sure. But we did want to make sure we were all to safety. So they needed assistance for safety. Their first inclination was not to come over and force themselves on our boat. Their first inclination was to politely ask. I find this very interesting. I'm sure you've noticed as much as I have that in the business world, we're leaning more towards the exercise I talked about where our first approach tends to be more forceful, more aggressive. We're not asking people about what we need or what they need or being specific in our request. We are forcing information down their throat and we are disconnecting ourselves for our natural intuitive inclinations of listening to the information for ourselves and reading the people around us and the situation. I'm sure that you see this as well. I get emails from people or I will get text messages from people and they start off really aggressive. There's no thought to it. So let's go back to the hand opening exercise again. When I give the directions to do that, say, open the other person's hand. Now, 
I give a decent, I think about two to three minutes on this, hoping someone will figure it out. Now, how long do you think it took for one person to say, will you open your hand, please? And the other person to open the hand. Well, as fast as I could just say it to you, and I think that was about a second and a half. You didn't need the whole one minute, let alone three for that. Now, how long do you think it took to force the hand open? Well, if you really strong arm someone, it could take a minute. You pin them to the ground. I've never seen that, but let's just say for fun's sake. And in the other circumstance, if you're, you know, gently trying to open their hand, you probably wouldn't open it after the whole three minutes was up. So what am I getting at here? I'm getting at the fact that to force someone is a lot more difficult to get them to do something for you than to ask. See where I'm getting at here? To ask. So let's go back to this whole asking thing and how it directly associates to our lives, to our business. So what am I getting at? I'm getting at the fact of how you are you approaching the world for yourself? Are you asking for help? Are you admitting you need help? And how are you going about doing that? Are you acting like you're the stronger person by forcing their hand open and not letting it slip that you might actually need help in opening the hand? Or are you like the gentleman on the sailboat and saying, well, I better ask for help or I better make an actual ask because I don't want to be in a situation where I'm desperate and I'm stuck. How is asking serving you or not serving you? That is the question. Do you know how asking or not asking is actually serving you? I don't think we all realize that. I highly doubt those guys on the sailboat, which I have to say, uh, we laughed. We snort laughed. I'm going to be honest. And it became one of my favorite stories from sailing. But I highly doubt those guys tell the story how they had to pull over to a sailboat full of women and ask for directions. So are you able to recognize when you should ask before you should ask and you have enough time or not? And if you're asking, I don't think we all realize that until we're in a situation that we have to. So let's connect this to one of my favorite topics not cars this time, intuition. It's again going back to being quiet for a moment. Simply take a moment and be quiet and let the information come to you. Stop for a moment. Think about how am I asking? How am I approaching the situation? Think about the opening of the fist if you have to. How would you have approached that? I hope when I first told that story, you thought about what you would have done in that situation. Would you have immediately tried to force that hand open? If you had stopped for a moment in the beginning and quietly thought to yourself, hmm, the question was, see if you can get the other person to open their hand. Now, would it have taken you a minute And we'll have a little fun with this, okay? So think about yourself in the situation of opening the hand. 
So we have this fist in front of us. Now, as I said in the example, we've talked about a couple times, as you know, I will repeat. So you get time to really soak this in and think about it. We have this hand. Now people go in to force it and sometimes a whole three minutes, they still can't open it. And by the time I say, may I open your hand and the other person does, I don't even think a whole second has gone by. Imagine if you took 30, 45, even 60 seconds of the whole minute to be quiet with yourself and stop and say, hmm, what are my options for opening this person's hand? One, I could try to force them. I can see the whites on their knuckles. So they're holding that hand pretty tight. And you know, sometimes you'll get customers like that. You will approach them and they will get their back up right away or there's so many no's, right? Let's put this in a client customer perspective. Their fist is already tight because they see you going in to get that money out of their hands. So you have a moment to think about, okay, can I forcefully make them do it? So there's another option than that because I can see the whites of their knuckles. This is going to be tough. Is there an easier way? Is there another way that I can connect with them before I jump in? and start forcing their hand because then I jumped in and started forcing their hand. Imagine if I did that first, backed off and then said, will you open your hand? They'll probably go, no, you couldn't open it forcefully. Why am I gonna open for you when you ask? Versus if you start off quietly looking at them, politely smiling, building a rapport, and then saying, will you please open your hand? Take a moment to think about the options of how you could approach it. And actually, I do have some clients that what they do is they take this idea of the fist exercise when they have someone new or a new approach that they're making and they think to themselves, okay, so this person's hand is already closed. I need to get them to open up to me. I need to get them to relax and build rapport. Now, it's not that we're saying everyone we approach has this closed, hard fist with white knuckles, but their hand may be slightly closed, if you imagine that. And as we approach, it's either going to loosen and open or it's going to close to white knuckles. We've seen the white knuckles before, so you know what I'm talking about. If you use that when you have a new approach or new sales approach to saying, I need to approach this person building rapport or this audience in a way that they will relax and not feel a threat and feel like opening their hand. So use this as a measuring tool for yourself. How are you approaching this? Are you coming at them going, okay, I have this and this and this. Are you stopping to think about what is your approach? And are you taking the time again? So we're gonna go back to the sailboat. So in the sailboat in the ask, did they come right out and ask? Oh no, they did not. <laughs> they first analyzed their audience which they weren't quite impressed with, I will say. If you recall when I told that story, the gentleman came out, looked at me. I had long hair and a ponytail, so obviously a girl, even though I had my rain gear on. They could tell right away that it was a boat full of women. But he had to ask first, where's your captain? Pointed to the cute blonde. He wasn't impressed. He came back out, where's your male captain? I pointed to the blonde. He went back and talked to his buddy and was like, oh, I don't know. Analyzing the situation, his audience wasn't quite the audience he wanted or they wanted that was. 
but he was in a situation where he didn't have a lot of choice. We were the only same size boat around. There was nowhere for them to get to land to ask for help. They had to ask us. So it took a little bit. I will tell you, it wasn't an immediate turnaround. He took a moment, analyzed his situation. Fortunately, they did not choose to be pirates, though I highly doubt they would have. They look like decent people. And they asked us politely, we're lost. Can you give us directions to the inland waterway? We politely said yes. Of course we laughed at them. Who wouldn't? I mean, when does this situation ever happen where someone asks for directions on a boat? They're looking for a specific audience. They're looking for their perceived idea of what a captain is. Granted, especially in those days, it was generally male. It probably is still. So their immediate ask was for their specific audience being a male captain. Their second choice is a captain in general. I was able to identify that we had a captain. She waved nicely to them so they'd know. And then their next question to themselves as he stepped back in was, okay, we're kind of stuck. It took them a little bit, I'll be honest. Not forever, but it did take, I don't know, a couple minutes for them to determine whether or not captain alone met their criteria and are they in a situation where they're stuck to accept any captain. I don't know if you know much about boating, but to be a captain, there is an exam. It's the same exam for anyone. So they determined that was enough for them that they could ask. So now we're going to talk about, are you showing yourself as an expert. Now, what did she do? She didn't come out and show her captain's license and put it out there and go, hi, I'm a captain, see my license? Now, I have a bare boat license. I didn't pull that out and show them. They accepted that. She looked, waved at them and acknowledged them, a little head nod. They understood this to be the accurate information. She was calm. She was confident. I was confident that I, that was my captain and I knew how to get there. That alone, we weren't defensive. We didn't have to prove ourselves in any way. They trusted that we were telling the truth and were capable and could help them as experts. And so they followed us in and they found their way to where they needed to go. So again, let's go back through this whole asking thing one more time before we wrap up. We have the exercise in your mind of you, the expert, making an ask. So as the expert making the ask, take a moment to think about the situation you're in, how you're approaching it. Are you calming your mind, stepping away and thinking about the different ways to approach your audience, asking, building rapport, and getting them to voluntarily open their hand through the question. Are you, as an expert in the sailboat situation, receiving the questions in a way where you are able to show confidence, competence in your behavior, and your rapport, even though if we look at the sailboat situation, you may immediately think to yourself, 
where was rapport built? There wasn't a lot of conversation. There wasn't a lot of time to build trust. But was there? One, I don't know who they are. I didn't know what they wanted. But there is the immediate rapport between people on boats. Think about when you've got your niche. There's a rapport between people when you've niched it down to a point that you automatically have rapport because you've niched it so far that your similarities and what your journey is are the same. We were both on sailboats, both in the same type of sailboats. We were both trying to get away from a hurricane. We were both trapped in the same difficult situation of raining, not very clear scene, large, large ships, nowhere to dock, and both in a similar route to get to the inland waterway. So in a sense, that was our immediate rapport. We had so many immediate similarities between us that that confidence in our needs, if we were a large military ship, my needs are completely different than theirs. So knowing immediately that we are in the same situation as them, have the same similar experience as they do, there's automatic trust in that being built, that we're going to understand what situation they're in. Now, did we now have to show that we were captains or had the ability to run this sailboat? No, we did not. Why? Probably because we looked pretty confident. We had charts out. We looked what we were and knew what we were doing. They obviously thought we did because they pulled up next to us. So we were able to get beyond that barrier because they felt confident in our ability and our expertise. The next thing we went through with them was then they had to sort through these questions they asked, their perceived idea that they approached the original question with, that they would have a male captain step out. That would be then matching with something they recognized and expected so they could immediately go, we're lost, can you help us out? Now they had this new situation. This commonality has been lost for a moment. This connection has been lost for a moment because they're expecting a male captain to step out and that was not what was happening. So they had to take a moment to look at their situation. Well, we're lost. They seem like they know what they're doing. They have a captain. They don't seem lost. So let's just ask. We responded nicely. We all waved, said, follow us in. What I want you to understand here is there are moments that are going to get you tripped up. There are moments that may give you triggers and stop and allow other people to move through their questions like you would with opening the fist. So that's where they were in the situation. So now they're trying to figure out how do we ask. They don't seem offended. So we're just going to ask nicely and show, show our hand that we need assistance. And we're okay with the fact that they weren't who we expected them to be. In the world today, we tend to get caught up in our own perceived ideas of people. We tend to get caught up in labels. These men got caught up in the idea that all captains are men. They didn't get aggressive about it. They weren't pushy about it. They went back, spoke to each other, had enough similarities in it that it provided enough trust and confidence to move forward with their next line of questions and interest in working together. I want you to remember this. 
because in today's society, this is what we need to start doing. Rapport is about creating enough confidence and competence within yourself. You have everything you need within you. If you are now starting something new or pivoting or adjusting what you're doing, taking a new tact, starting a new business, you need to be able to have enough confidence in yourself to be able to accept questions that may have perceived notions about who you should be with a confidence and calmness of allowing them to gently open their hand. You also need to be able to make the first approach by having them open their hand. They are having to do the same thing to you with trust. And a lot of that goes back to taking a moment. The men stepped away for a moment to make the final decision on that question. If you want to get to the question of, will you please open your hand? I suggest you take a moment before. See, there's these quiet moments. There's these moments of contemplation. There's a moment of thinking it through and quieting your mind to come up with sorting through the information available and all the information that is available universally to you to move forward. And if you need more time, request it. Let me get back to you with that. I really want to assist you. Give me a moment to sort through the information and get back to you. As you can see, this isn't just about asking good questions. It's about taking a moment to identify the questions you want to ask filtering through logic and perception and being open to building rapport and open to your intuitive information to be calm, confident in yourself and giving the other person that calm confidence within you. I hope you can see how this is not just about finding the right questions, but allowing yourself to come up with the right questions by taking a moment, building rapport, and having the confidence in yourself. And I also hope you enjoyed the sailboat story because I honestly still laugh about it when I think about it. So thank you again for listening, and I look forward to hearing how you are approaching questions, other people, and situations differently by maybe using these two stories to help if you'd like to learn more about topics upcoming or make suggestions, please go to my Facebook group at Clearly Catherine Podcast. <laughs>